can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. countdown numbers what'd you do it's always been <laughs> one through ten in reverse andrea that's how we do countdowns no i swear the last few times we've sat down to record when you hit when you're like okay i'm gonna hit the record button now this weird countdown comes in it starts from six and for some reason it jumps to like 24 and then it ends at 21 and then it's like okay recording now but this one this time it did it right. The signs of common core in our society. <laughs> no, it's visually what was happening on my screen. It went from 6th then to 24 and to 21. Now, just, just today. The signs of PCP in our society. <laughs> no. Anyway, welcome to our normally countdown today. Our, our show that normally, that counted down correctly. Welcome to our show. It's Talking Pools Podcast. I'm Rudy. I'm Andrea. How are you doing? I am good. You know what's more important? How is everybody that's listening doing? I hope everyone's good. Yeah. Send us an email. Tell us hello. Let us know what's going on in your world because you know what? We care about you and we want to hear about it, especially if you have any questions on anything that you'd like us to address on the air or on the podcast or whatever you want to call this on, on the streaming. Yeah. Today, we're going to talk about filters. Filters. Pumps, pumps, filters, pools, that type of thing. Well, you know it's important. That, you know that the pool, that the pump and the filter are two different things, Rudy, right? Oh, no, 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 no. Circulation, what filtration, and discuss? disinfection are the big three in maintaining pools. We talk about disinfection a lot. We've not talked as much on filtration or circulation. So I'd like to talk on that just a little bit, if that's okay with you. Okay. And the important thing is how these things are sized. We always size the pump to the pool and then we size the filter to the pump because the pump determines how much water moves and the filter can only handle so much water per square foot of filter area. This is where turnover rates come. I passed come. the CPO test, so I do know how to calculate it. All right, all right. As soon as we finish our drinks. Just not off the top of my head. Okay. Which pretty much means you don't know how to calculate it. Yes, I do. I just have to look it up first. <laughs> and then I know how to do the math. <laughs> anyway, so commercial pools, we shoot for a six-hour turn. Yes. But it's not, it's not, it's not correct. Sounds correct. Six hours or is it eight hours? You know what it is? It is six hours, but you don't overturn all of the water once in six hours. What you're actually doing is filtering an amount of water equal to what's in the pool in six hours. It doesn't mean you filter every single drop of water. Just mean, wait, say that again? It means you filtered what? Say it again. An amount of water equal to what's in the pool, not every single drop, because that water is constantly diluting and mixing, backwashing, like when you take a sip of somebody else's beer. But splashing out and autofill and. But that's what's happening. It blends back in with the rest of it. And you know, when you get to the last sip, it's all backwashed. Ew. <laughs> Same thing happens in a pool. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Except it's butt wash. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> 
So what you're saying is like technically in six hours, I mean, that's, that's, it, it, that puts a different perspective on it for me, you know, because you kind of think that the filter is going to filter all of the water. And then, you know, you just blew my mind a little bit. Yeah. Because I didn't think about it in that perspective where it's like all the extra water that's coming in or rainwater, autofill water, or butt water. <laughs> not even that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just the water coming back from the return line. You're going to filter some of the water three and four times before you filter some of the water once. You might filter some of the water 10 times before you filter some of the water once. It's like 99.678 something percent that you've filtered. So you're pretty close to it, but it takes a real long time before you've actually filter all the water. So you're talking about something like, uh, say, if you have dead spots in a pool. I mean, those, those are prone to grow algae. So those are the least likely to be getting to the filter? Well, kind of, sort of, but not really. Even if there are no dead spots, it will still take 10 or more times before you filtered 100% of the water in the pool. If there are dead spots in circulation, then you will have areas that don't circulate as frequently as other areas that don't get chemically treated as often as other areas. But that just goes above and beyond these numbers that we're talking about. The Talking Pools podcast now has a column in Pool Magazine. That's right, the edgy morning radio show style podcast, starring Rudy and Andrea has been given its own column and an entire page in every edition, both digital and print, of the hot hot hottest new trade mag. Known for having a finger on the pulse of the pool industry, Pool Magazine is the leading source of pool news for pool people. Want more of the Talking Pools podcast? Download the PoolMagazine.com app on Google Play today. But the reason we go with six, a six-hour turnover rate is because at four turnovers in a perfectly built pool with no dead spots, you will have filtered better than 98% of the water. So health departments regulate the amount of time a pump has to run. They want it to run 24 hours a day. With a six-hour turn, that is four complete turns. Okay. So the goal here, they want you to run it 24 hours a day because they want you to filter better than 98% of the water every single day. That makes sense. Filter f- this, The stuff gets pretty dirty pretty quickly. Go ahead. It, it can, and it does. And if they could get six, seven turns in a day, I'm sure they would. But it starts to get a little bit challenging. In most regulations that I've read the only exception to the running to running the pump 24 hours a day would be if you have an automatic timer on the system and you're still able to get your four turnovers in which means that you would need what a 2 or 3 hour maybe a 4 hour turnover rate which would allow you then to shut the pump off for a few hours at night most of them are still going to want a complete turn after the pool closes a complete turn before the pool opens So we're looking at a very, very narrow window. And then even then, when that is allowed, vacuum DE filters like what you deal with, those are an exception. Those are not permitted to turn off ever under any circumstances because the diatomaceous earth can fall off of the grids and it will not recoat those elements in the same manner once it just pops back on again. Mm. I saw somebody um, make a comment, uh, you know, like a Facebook comment in one of the groups about 
how the vacuum DE filters actually work better when they shut off because then they all the DE falls off. Basically what you just said, but it's poppycock. It <laughs> because it felt because then you get the DE powder loosened up and then it can like stick to the filter and then filter out what I, it didn't really make sense to me. I mean, I feel like it doesn't coat it as well just be, just just because the DE and the dirt are all floating around together. So what's the what's to stop the dirt from sticking? You're supposed to mix that DE into a slurry, pour it slowly into that surge bit while the system is running on pre-coat. Gotcha. That makes sense. Right. But that's not what anybody does. They don't? No, most people just take it powdery in a bucket and dump it in and watch it all go through the air like little tiny killer snowflakes. Mm, you wouldn't like my TikTok video that I'm working on. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do I don't do the slurry either. Hey, you know what? If you could add silica to your lungs, why not? That's what I always say. <laughs> well, I mean, it's I put my shirt over my face. So you run around looking like cornholio. Sell me your tablets. No, not that <laughs> over my nose, not over the top of my head. You're a very strange woman. Over the front of my face. You know, like <laughs> you know, like the people that try to walk in the stores without a mask when the whole mask mandate was going on. <laughs> what about residential pools? Isn't it the same six hours? No. In fact, oh, is it four hours? No. It's all oh over God. the place now. It used to be once every eight hours. That's what I, okay. I knew I got eight hours from somewhere. Well, that's what the goal used to be, once every eight hours, right? And then some folks came out and said, well, you know, what about in the winter and the summer? Do you really need to run it as much in the winter as you do the summer months? And they came up with this rule of thumb. And what they said was, is that you only have to run your pump. Oh, the, the degree, sorry, the degree of time. You need a drink. That, I mean, one degree per one hour per how hot it is or what's that? You know, you see what I'm getting at. One hour per every 10 degrees of air temperature is what they said. There it is. That's what I was saying. But then if it's 70 degrees out and your pump is sized, you have an eight hour turnover, then you're falling short of that if you only run it seven hours. Then they came up with the variable speed pumps. So now I think it's probably safe to say that the goal is one or more turnovers per day. Ew. <laughs> It was always one turnover per day, even when it was once every eight hours. I didn't, in my opinion, hasn't changed. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So the first thing you need to do, though, is calculate that number. You need to figure out what flow rate you need to overturn the water in that pool once within that period of time. And again, like I said, we're not filtering 100% of the water. We're filtering amount of water equal to what's in the pool. See, back in the day, these folks, their name was Gage and Bidwell. They did this study where they actually used a fine silt and they added it to a body of water. And of course, this is a perfect pool scenario. I don't know if they used a fish tank, a swimming pool or what, but then they actually were able to monitor how much silt was left in the water so they could determine under normal operation how much water was being filtered hmm. by what was left. So how do we calculate flow rate? Uh, don't you need to know the total dynamic head for that? We're... Not there yet, but we're going to work on that okay. too. First thing I want to do is determine how many gallons per minute I actually need to give me the turnover gallons rate that I want. So if I have this residential pool, it needs an eight-hour turn. Let's say it's a 20,000-gallon pool, eight-hour turnover rate. I'm going to take the 20,000 gallons. I'm going to divide it by eight. Okay. Mm -hmm. That gives me gallons per hour. I don't want gallons per hour. I want gallons per 
minutes, so you divide by 60. Perfect. So I would take the 20,000, divide it by 8, then divide it by 60. That's 41.666 gallons per minute. 41.66 gallon per minute flow rate that I would need on a 20,000 gallon pool to hit an eight-hour turn. The total dynamic head is the calculation of the water's resistance to flow. It is. It's friction and resistance. That was off the top of my head. I did not read that. Thank you very much. So we need a suction gauge reading and we need a pressure gauge reading. If we can get those two readings, we can calculate the total dynamic head. But we need to do this while the pump is still running. So in order to get a replacement pump, we should do this now. Have that number so we have it ready when we do need to shop for a pump. Because the pump has to be running to get a suction gauge reading okay. and a pressure Good gauge idea. reading. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at blu-rayxl.com. Blu-ray all day. Why do we want to calculate total dynamic head? Yes. When the builders build the pool, they know what plumbing they use underground. They know how many 90s. They know what lengths of pipe. They can calculate it. An engineer calculates it, does the math, and then they determine what size pump of the specific model will give that flow rate on that pool. Because they know all of the things like the weir doors and the grates, you know, any of the drain covers, their flow rates and all of that stuff. They have all that. Our problem is, is we can't see what's underground. We can't see what's under the pool deck. We don't know what's under the deck. So we use this calculation to give us that number. And every pump, every manufacturer's pump, every make and model that they carry has a cell sheet and the cell sheet will have a flow chart on it. The flow chart will give you the flow rate of each horsepower at that specific TDH, total dynamic head. I do follow. If we are going to replace like with like, if you have a specific make and model pump horsepower and you replace it with an identical make model horsepower pump, that's the only scenario where we will not need that number. Unfortunately, I have a question for you. (laughs) Okay, so I have this pool. It's a commercial pool and the health inspector is saying, according to her records, that the flow rate is supposed to be between two 10 and 220. Okay. Or 230 mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, now, I was there Monday. I cleaned the filter. It's VAC DE. I cleaned it all out, sprayed everything down, got it really nice, put in fresh DE powder, did it the correct way. Uh, I didn't do the slurry, <laughs> but I did put enough DE powder. Um, I had all full flow going to this flow meter. So I closed the valve to the heaters briefly so that I could get all of the water going through this flow meter. It won't go higher than 200. Then it's the wrong size pump. That's what my question was. I Well, I knew that. I knew the answer to that. I just needed confirmation. So you're supposed to... We're going to need a bigger boat, a bigger pump, or be a bigger pump. <laughs> so that's so that's my, that's my problem. So they put in a pump that was too small. The motor was too horsepower was to be even more simple than that. So you're in Florida and Florida has the additional requirement of a one gallon per minute flow rate 
per living unit at a transient facility. This is on top of the turnover rate required. The state also requires that if it is a non-transient facility like HOA, country clubs, something along those lines where people actually own their homes, except it's a commercial pool, then you have the additional requirement of three quarters of a gallon per minute per living unit. So your scenario could be something as simple as they just built more houses. Everything was sized perfectly. They put in more homes. Now you need more flow rate. Yeah, that's not a thing though, because this was a this this place has been built and done since like 1995 or whatever. They have not added any new homes. It's like an apartment complex. Okay, then the pump's too small. I know the or there's a problem with the impeller. If it's cavitating or if the suction gauge reading is higher than eight inches of mercury, it could be a problem with the amount of elements that you have or the condition of the elements. We ju- All of those things, right. you said you, well, you clean I, them. I clean the filter. We've actually just, we replaced the filter grids um, recently uh, within the last year. We've replaced the grids. We did not replace the pump. The pump was replaced when we took over the service and the president or not the president, but the, um, you know, the HO, the head of the HOA, the lady that I go and talk to when there's a problem, she has no idea. That would be the grand poobah. Yes, that one. Yes. No, she has no idea when, who installed the pump and when, and when it was repaired or whatever. So I just needed confirmation that I'm correct and that the health department has one pump slash motor set on record and they're saying that it needs to be that specific GPM or flow rate and the pump that was switched is causing a different flow rate. So we need a bigger pump. It's already a big pump. It's a pen it's one of those Pentair whisper flows. I mean make sure there's nothing wrong with the impeller. Make sure that you're not cavitating. Double check those things. And if all is operating correctly, then you need a larger pump. But then you're also going to make sure, need to make sure that the plumbing size that you have supports the larger pump. I'm going to submit a a paperwork and take care of it that way. (laughs) The How to Get Rid of Swimming Pool Algae Handbook, written by pool water chemistry expert Rudy Stankiewicz, will be the most comprehensive guide on algae prevention and remediation you will ever own. Algae is the single most encountered swimming pool problem noted worldwide, but it doesn't have to be a problem for you. Purchase your copy of the How to Get Rid of Swimming Pool Algae Handbook on Amazon today. I wish we had an instant replay so I could see what I was talking about when you interrupted me before. (laughs) The Talking Pools Podcast Pool Pro of the Week is Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson is the owner of Check It Out Pools based out of Sparks, Nevada. Do you know a pool professional that deserves a shout out because they are a total badass? Send an email to talkingpools at gmail.com with the name of the water warrior you think could kick Aquaman in the oysters. Make sure to include the name of the business, city and state. You cannot nominate yourself, but you can nominate the next Talking Pools podcast pool pro of the week. Do it now. Talkingpools at gmail.com. So the builder can't see what's underground or the builder does know what's underground because they put it there. Right. We can't, we can't see it. (laughs) Before the deck went in, we can't see. 
So we have to calculate it a different way. So we calculate total dynamic head using the vacuum gauge reading and the pressure gauge reading. And that's why it's important to get that while the system's still running, because if you don't get it, you eliminate your ability to shop, shop for different models, shop for different manufacturers, because not all pumps put out the same amount of water at the same TDH, total dynamic head. Some are high head pumps or medium. It all affects the flow rate, the design of that wet end all affects the amount of water that that pump can push under the resistance and the friction. That's why we need to look at the cell sheets and see that flow chart so we can shop around if we need to. I know you could say, all right, well, I'll just replace it with the same thing. But companies get purchased, companies go out of business, models get discontinued. So you can't always rely upon that. You may be in a position where you have to shop. And you don't want to install something that's not going to give you this right flow rate because then you're going to end up in the position that you're in now. Right. Which is frustrating because everything's fine with the pool. And thankfully, she's not closing it. But I think she would be within her authority, too. The other solution is they could foreclose a bunch of the homes. (laughs) And then we'd have empty apartment buildings. and (laughs) Right. And then that'll drop the flow rate. And the the property values. And I think that's just, um, so for everybody listening, I think that's just a Florida thing. I've not heard of that in other jurisdictions. Maybe it's in, true in yours, but most of the ones I'm familiar with do not have that additional requirement of the non-transient and transient flow rate. It's usually just the six-hour turn over for a commercial pool at four times per day. When you say transient and non-transient, so you said transient is or non-transient is the HOA communities. Non-transient means there's some element they live there. They sign a lease. So transient would be like a hotel or like a Airbnb. Right. Or a campground. Things along those lines would be considered transient. Okay. Because they don't live there. Even if they think they do and act like they do, they don't. Gotcha. Non-transient means that they do live there. There's some element like the, when they sign the lease for the period of the lease, that place they live in, that is their home. It's the same difference as when you're looking at your handy cap access requirements. I see. That makes sense. Transient facilities have to have handicapped access to the pool. Non-transient facilities do not. Very cool. Because the people live there. That's their home. They don't have to have it. They can still have it. They just don't have to. So if it's there and it's one of those non-transient facilities, they're doing this out of the goodness of their hearts. How do we calculate total dynamic head? Well, you take the uh, vacuum gauge and the pressure gauge and you... Oh, God damn it. You need to take the vacuum gauge reading and multiply it by 1.13. That gives you your vacuum head. Then you take the pressure gauge reading and multiply it by 2.31. I knew you might multiply by something. Gotcha. That gives you your pressure head. And then you-, then you add the vacuum head to the pressure head, and that gives you your total dynamic head. And that's the number you use when you look at the flow chart to determine which horsepower of that specific make and model will give you the flow rate that you need. There's always a bunch of steps that I forget, you know, it's always, it's never an easy, like you just take this number and subtract it from this number. You always got to, it's always got to have all this crap extra step. You're not really out there in the field installing pumps or sizing pumps on a regular basis anyway. So, no, I, am I mean, the last time you did this was probably in your CPO class, which, you know, you had some other instructor who probably didn't teach it as well anyway. <laughs> You got that right. (laughs) (laughs) I am sure they did a fine job. All right. Sure. Yeah. So thanks for listening. That's been our show. Um, 
follow us. Make sure you follow us on all of our socials. Leave us reviews. Uh, you can review us on, excuse me, you can review us on Apple. Uh, you can leave us a star review on Spotify. Make sure you check out our new shows. We have um, two new shows coming. I can't remember the date, right? Tuesdays and Wednesdays, we have new shows coming out. So make sure you check those out. That's it for us. Thanks for listening. Um, and uh, Oh, send us emails. Send us questions. We look forward to hearing from you. Like Andrea said, send us a note. Tell us hello. Again, you guys rock. Best audience ever. Fabulous. For real. You make it fun. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 